There's something lurking in the shadows. Calling your name. Whispering to you. Trying ever so desperately to get you to walk past that tree line. But never fear. Never listen. And never waver. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see that you made it back for another episode. And welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true encounters with skimwalkers sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without any further ado, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true skinwalker encounter horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hey there, Swamp Dweller. So, there are those who have seen and encountered cryptids such as Wendigos, Skimwalkers, or Sasquatches. But, this is gonna be my encounter with what I think was a Skimwalker, but could be something else. This is the best way I can describe, as something you wouldn't expect as a cryptid, but as something from a horror movie. We'll start off at around 6 in the afternoon. I was in my backyard. It was a good day, and we had three acres, and then it hit dense forest. I was sitting on the porch, in the swing, enjoying the nearly 50 degree weather with my two dogs. It was all normal until two hours later, when my dogs suddenly perked their ears up and stared into the forest. Their posture was low, and they had that look of seeing something they don't like. This occurred for around 30 seconds until they bolted at the forest at breakneck speed. I thought it was the smell of a rabbit that they had caught. That was until the barking was dwarfed by some demonic scream or shriek. I jumped to attention as my blood went cold. The barking of my dogs turned to sharp yelps. Thinking fast, and knowing that there were dangerous animals in the area, such as coyotes, wolves, bears, etc., I grabbed a hatchet that was located on a pile of logs and a flashlight. I sprinted to the forest, hoping I was in time. Not just a second later, when I got to the edge, my dogs bolted back to the house, yelping and whimpering as they ran. Then, everything went dead silent. There was not a single noise. I could probably hear a cricket move. It's as if every living creature just died all at once. Being prodded by curiosity, I went out 30 feet into the forest when I felt that something was following me. I then stopped to test my theory, and to my sheer horror, the sounds of heavy footsteps stopped a split second after mine. I was shaking like a leaf at this point. I didn't move for about two minutes until those footsteps started moving, but going around me in circles this time. Judging by the sheer crunching of the leaves, twigs, and branches, this thing had to be a bear at least. Then they stopped abruptly in front of me. What I did next was something I hated myself doing up until this day. I turned my flashlight on, and it moved in front of me. This thing was there. Standing there. It was easily eight feet tall with bone-white skin that was so stretched on the body frame it looked almost like it was going to split at any second. It was humanoid in appearance. That was except for its abnormally long arms and face. 
Its head was human-like, but its eyes were completely gone. They were just concave, soulless sockets, and its lower jaw was split in two and connected by muscle. I watched as this thing's lower jaw would split open and then close back, making a bony clicking noise. I stepped backwards, and a loud crack of a branch emanated from beneath me. I looked down to see a branch split in two beneath my feet. When I looked up again, this thing's head was looking at my direction. I yelped involuntarily, and this thing let out another, long, ear-piercing scream as its lower jaw stretched out left and right. I don't even remember what happened next, because I just sprinted back to the safety of my house. Hearing the heavy footsteps right behind me, I got back to the house with all of my breath gone. I suddenly remembered that my phone was recording. I looked back to the forest to see if it was following me. To my surprise, the thing was not there. It must have stopped following me when I reached the border of the forest. I don't know if this was a skimwalker. I don't know if it was a wendigo, a flesh gate, or what. But it was downright terrifying. Okay, first off, I know a lot of people will think that this is a hoax, because it's from Scotland, but I don't know how else to explain this. I'm extremely familiar with Wendigos, Skimwalkers, Fleshgates, all that. There's probably a non-Native American possibility that I'm unaware of, but the only explanation to me is a Skimwalker. I apologize for my use of Scott slang in advance. I'm a teenager, I won't disclose my age exactly, and I go to a public school in Perthshire, Scotland. It's mostly a rural area, with mostly towns, villages, and just houses dotting the landscape. Although there are two major cities in my area, the high school I go to is in a medium-sized town, and for privacy reasons, I will not disclose its name. Not many people have had many paranormal encounters, although a few people claim to have seen ghosts and whatnot. Anyways, on to my encounter. I live in a large house in the middle of a field with my family. It's not too far from the town I go to school in, but I usually take the bus just in case, and honestly, just because I'm, I'm lazy. Sometimes, me and my mates, let's just call them E, J, and C, take a path through a nearby forest to come back to my place, where we just play video games and that sort of thing. This night, my parents were out of town, and we decided to drink a bit of booze that we had in the midi fridge in my room. I didn't try much. I'm not much of a drinker, and beer's not really my thing, or C's really. E and J, however, they went all out. It got late, or rather early, and they decided to leave and head home. I said bye to them, and then had it back up to my room to play some more video games. Roughly about a half an hour later, I heard a loud banging on my door. It was J and E. I let them in, and they started panicking. C goes home a different way than them. He lives a bit closer than the others. E and J said that they both were walking through the woods and they saw a tall, skinny-looking bloke pelting towards them. They panicked and legged it back to the house until the skinny fella gave chase. My mind went back to another friend of mine, somewhat of a paranormal buff. They told me about Wendigos and Skimwalkers. I called 999, which is basically 911 in America and said that a prowler was looking around our house and had chased my friends all the way back to my house. I gave the operator my address and said that they'd have a car to my house very soon. Apparently, there was a big traffic accident, so soon really meant in the meantime. This lady on the dispatch, though, 
told me to arm myself, lock all the doors and windows, and lock myself in a room. So that's what we did. We grabbed knives from the kitchens, barricading ourselves inside my room. After some time, we heard heavy footsteps around our house. Thinking it was the police, I peered out the window. What I saw was much worse. It was E. It looked the same as her anyway. I knew that she was sitting, crying in my room. I freaked out, and it saw me. What the hell is that thing? Whatever the heck was outside could speak, and it sounded exactly like Jay. It, it was a skinwalker for sure. I remember the description from my other horror friend. It looked like my friend, but sounded like my other friend. It must have been confused, and that made it so much more scary. We heard sirens and the thing ran off into the woods very abruptly. We told the police officers everything. They checked it out, but I don't think they really believed us. The officers left, saying the woods were clear, and then muttered something about stupid prank callers. After they left, we heard inhuman shrieks, but still, they were sort of human-like. We didn't sleep much that night. I believe that what we saw was a skinwalker, and I hope to God Almighty that I never have to face that bloody thing again. So I've been kind of wanting to share my creepy encounters and experiences for quite some time. But what my sister told me a few days ago made me want to share this possible skimwalker encounter. I'm a Native American, and so is my father and siblings, of course. My mom isn't very much Native, but there's a little bit there in the bloodline somewhere. We aren't involved with any tribes in specific, but I do enjoy looking, reading, and trying to be active in the Native culture. There are also plenty of tribes in the state I live in. A few weeks ago, I was asking my dad about the tribes around here and asking if there was a possibility that skimwalkers could be here. He kind of avoided the question entirely, but did tell me that a tribe up north was notorious for murders, both by members and unexplained ones. I tried seeing if I could get any more answers from him, but there was nothing else. Now, time for my encounters. Both my sister and I experienced them most, but my brother has also had some unexplained scratching and whispering at night. It was rare, but it did happen. These encounters started at the beginning of summer in 2017. Now, me and my sister share a room. She's always feared the dark, so being the nice big brother I am, I have shared my room with her for quite some time. Anyways, it was around maybe 11 p.m. when me and my sister heard a weird sound. It sounded like a bird call, but it wasn't normal. It sounded like someone with strep throat trying to mimic a crow. Both me and my sister kind of just looked up from our phones and gave each other a weird look. We live in an apartment complex that's located on the edge of a small town. The town is known for being a druggie town. So, for the first hour, we thought it was just some druggie outside tripping out but it lasted about three hours, ending sometime around 2 a.m. My sister had fallen asleep and everything went quiet, but then I heard the big dogs down the road start barking like absolute crazy people. I thought it was just weird timing, or they saw an animal, but looking back, I think it might have been the skimwalker. A few weeks go by, and the same sound starts up randomly again at around 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. one night. It would usually end around 1am or 2am, give or take. 
At first, me and my sister didn't really pay attention to it, and eventually thought it was just some sort of weird bird. But one night, I had slept over at my friend's house, which was a trailer on the edge of the town right near mine. Me and my friend were just about to fall asleep on the couches when I heard that same sound. I sat straight up and looked at my friend. You heard that, right? I asked her, thinking it was imaginary. Yeah, sounded like a bird. Why? She told me back, probably thinking I was crazy. Oh, um, it's nothing. I just hear things sometimes. I replied. If I told her, she probably would have believed me, but I just tried to make it seem like it was nothing. That night, the sound lasted until I fell asleep. Fast forward another week, and we're hearing the same sounds at night. My sister now was starting to get paranoid. I was too, but I just told her it was nothing, just a dumb bird. At this point in the summer, I was listening to lots of skimwalker horror stories that were on the Swamp Dweller YouTube channel. I started connecting their similarities to what was happening with me and my family. One night, me and my sister were just chilling in our beds, with our window open, when the noises started up again. This time they sounded like they were ragged and sick. They stopped quickly after they started. Me and my sister just shrugged at each other and went back to our phones as normal. When suddenly, right next to our window, we can hear the most blood-curdling scream. It was not human. It sounded like a baby screaming crossed with a dog yelping. With that sound ringing in our ears, me and my sister both jumped and screamed, hiding under her covers. I honestly hid under my covers with my heart racing. We waited what seemed like hours until my sister whisper yelled at me asking if I was safe. I had to put my big boy pants on and uncover myself to close the window. I did so rather quickly, but when I got to the window, there was nothing there, nothing I could see. My sister wanted to tell our parents, but I knew they would never believe us. The next day though, I had asked if they had heard anything, which they said they hadn't. I brought this stuff up to my three friends one night while having a sleepover. At first, most of them thought it was a joke, and me just trying to scare them or something. I explained how I felt I was being followed and having a sense of dread 24-7. They then seemed to believe me, and I told them that I thought it would follow me to their houses as well. And what freaked us out the most that night was my friend's dog started barking and growling like crazy. Afterwards, one of my friends had remarked, Why did we become friends with a Native American? It made us laugh and calm down the atmosphere a bit that night. Back home, my sister had told me that the noises stopped while I was gone, which pretty much had confirmed to me that it was indeed following me in specific. Constantly now, I was feeling dread and couldn't sleep at night. That scream ringing in my ears and that sound outside increased by each night, sounding more and more sickly. Like I said, this had been lasting all summer, so eventually we got used to it. Sometimes it sounded like there was more than one of them, but if it didn't get close, we didn't care. At my friend's house, it was still the same. I was paranoid of seeing it. Even walking my dogs at night freaked me out because their gaze would fixate on something in the tree line, just out of my sight. They would never bark or anything like that. Just stare, then start sprinting towards home. I'd begin to follow, of course, gripping the leash so they wouldn't get away. It really freaked me out. One night, I caught a glimpse of it through the curtain crack. The noise had gotten closer, and me and my sister were prepared to hear another of those terrible screams. But no. I looked out the window as the wind blew, and what I saw, I believe, is a skimwalker. 
It looked so sickly and thin. Its eyes were sunken, and its face looked like it was scowling. I just stared at it until the curtain moved back, and then it was gone. This dread had filled me even more. After that, we heard less and less. Toward the end of the summer, we had heard it again and I decided to record the sound. It sounds very weird and very unnoticeable in the recording, but if you listen closely, it's there. I wish there was a way to show it on here, but everything had died down until recently. I still have that constant feeling of dread and I've become more and more paranoid, but I know what I've been experiencing. I know something about it is real. Last month, me, my siblings, and my dad saw a white deer. I know that usually means good luck, but just the other day, after my dad picked me up from work, he told me that on the way he had seen a white wolf sitting on the side of the road, just watching the cars. I don't know if this is significant, but it's something to note. Also, my sister has been experiencing stuff while in her room. Just last week, she came running out of my room, saying she heard scratching at the window. It's all just super freaky and weird. I'm already kind of paranoid, but this is all just weird and it can't be coincidences. I just hope it stops. I'd love to get a good night's sleep again. When I was younger, I preferred to spend time at my great-grandmother's house rather than my own. I lived with my grandmother at the time. My grandmother was right next door, actually. This would often let me spend the night with my great-grandparents to get me out of her hair. My great-grandparents had their own bedroom on one end of the house, and on the other end was the room that I slept in. This bedroom was big to a six-year-old, or even a seven-year-old with a large bed that had sliding door cabinets for a headboard and two large windows, one of which had a crate with older toys in it, mostly building blocks and the like. That faced the side yard, which had several young pine trees. The other window faced the large barn out back that housed their camper and all manner of other things. Before I continue, I ought to mention that I'm a quarter Native American of the Miami tribe. My mother was adopted by a family whose heritage was distinctly French. While my grandmother wanted my mother and I to have nothing to do with our heritage, my great-grandmother embraced it and never kept it from us, and even taught us a little bit about it. Me, far less than my mother, since I was too young to understand much before she passed. One night, when I was sleeping over at my great-grandparents' house, I woke up to the motion-detecting floodlight in the barn out back turning on. The room was flooded with light and I could see everything clear as day. I was unable to go back to sleep. I got up and decided to play with the blocks until the floodlight went out and I could go back to sleep again. For some reason, I felt the strange urge to look out the window into the side yard, so I climbed up on the crate under the window and peered out. There, in the side yard, was a young man. He was in his late teens, 17 or 19 if I had to guess, with neatly cut straight black hair, nearly ear length. He wasn't dark skinned, but he wasn't exactly white either. He wore what looked like tan Carhartt coveralls, and he appeared to be examining a young pine tree, not more than 15 feet from the window. The tree wasn't very tall, maybe 8 or 9 feet, but the young man was carefully moving the bottom branches this way and that as if it were looking for something. I watched him for about a minute or two, simply observing. 
I didn't feel frightened. Rather, I was curious. Then the young man lifted his head and looked around. When he saw me, the strangest thing happened. He looked startled, almost terrified. His eyes widened so far that I could make out the whites in the low light. There is no other way to explain what occurred after that, other than me sounding crazy. I swear, on everything, he turned into a deer and bolted away into the darkness. He, he simply turned to his left, made the drop to all fours, and was a deer by the time that he would have had his hands hit the ground. He ran off back beyond the barn. I don't remember the conversation I had with my great-grandmother about it in the morning, only that she seemed upset and was tight-lipped about it, and that she and my great-grandfather went out to look at all the trees later that day. They didn't seem to find anything, and my grandmother didn't want to hear about it any further, so I shrugged it off. Years later, I would learn what skimwalkers are. I would think back to that young man and how he could have been a native, how his coveralls could have been deerskin. I would also like to think that my experience didn't line up with most other skimwalker encounters. I didn't feel any fear. I didn't notice a stench. No one called my name. Also, the young man seemed to be afraid of me. Then again, I suppose if I were looking for something and I saw a small child staring at me, I'd be a little freaked out too. As time went on, I had for the most part convinced myself that I just happened to have witnessed a teen boy hunting illegally on our property, and my startling him was probably him just realizing that he had been caught. Maybe the deer I saw was what he was after anyway, and my child brain just processed it strangely. That is, until I decided to bring up the concept of skimwalkers with my mother. I had told her that I could have possibly seen one when I was a child if my memory could be trusted. When she said, oh, you saw the bird man too, huh? My belief, what I misremembered as a teen boy, hunting shattered. She wouldn't say much about it when I seemed confused, simply stating, Oh, there was an old balding man who would dance around the roof with his belt made of feathers, and when I would go out there to yell at him for being so loud, he'd smile at me and fly off as a bird. That house was on land that was tribal before the family. I was adopted into and moved into the area several generations ago. Artifacts coming to the surface every other time the big field behind my childhood was plowed. Many others have had experiences there, including others of my own. Though most of the other experiences seemed more surreal, they seemed to be things that could be brushed off as coincidence or me psyching myself up to see or believe something that wasn't actually there. But that young man who turned into a deer sticks with me, and has honestly led me to be distrusting of deer, and not just because they're a road hazard. I have had many other strange experiences with deer since then, but none as unbelievable as the shapeshifter in the coveralls. So I was chilling at home, and my friends were out hiking. I wasn't invited because I had college courses that day, but when they came back, they recited an experience to me that was so horrifying I just had to share it on the show. So, my friends, including my best friend Brandon, was hiking around Cherokee National Park, and before they knew it, the sun had set. Brandon was trying to get down to a second part of their trail faster, and he slid down the side of a hill. Little did he know, his pocket ripped and his phone fell out of his pocket. He didn't know until about 15 minutes later when he went to text somebody and couldn't find it. 
They were already back where they were at this point, but they used SnapMap to see where his phone fell. He ran back to get it and picked it up and placed it securely in an unripped pocket until he heard a blood-curdling scream. He's had similar experiences in the past, but not this close. At first, he thought it was a mountain lion until they distinctly yelled, Help! Over here! He walked up to the incline and looked between the trees to see where the sound was coming from, and across the way, he saw what looked to be a man standing on a neighboring mountain. The scream stopped, and he just stared over at Brandon, an unmoving silhouette. This continued for a few seconds before Brandon's fight or flight suddenly kicked in, and he went with it and just started running as fast as he could back to the meeting grounds. He looked back once and recited to me that the eyes of whatever was chasing him were reflective and too big to be a mountain lion of sorts. He ran for about eight minutes before he ran into two other of the friends that were on the trip, Caleb and Alex, and they were like, Dude, what's wrong? Chill out. Brandon wastes no time explaining to them what happened, and he just says, Just freaking run. And so they all did. They ran for another ten minutes, all the while the three of them exclaimed that they kept hearing screams, all in different tones of voices, male, female, etc. They finally got back, still feeling like they were being chased and watched. They urged everybody to just get in the car. After that, they sped off and never looked back, and they still have never gone hiking back at that spot. To me, this sounds just like a skimwalker encounter, but what do you guys think? Because I know, since they're Navajo creatures, they mostly reside in the Midwest areas, but I just don't know what else this could have been. We're in East Tennessee. I live the furthest out from all of my friends, 25 minutes from the nearest town, and walking distance from the Cherokee Park border. This happened to me last August, when I was driving down from Washington to San Diego with some friends. The three of us were camping in cool spots along the way, and at one point during our trip we stopped to camp for a night near the Sierra Nevada mountains. My friends had heard that the sunrise's reflection over the mountains is absolutely breathtaking, so we decided to wake up around 5am the next morning to give it a watch. That time came, and we reluctantly left our tent and walked about 10 minutes from our remote campsite over to a long road and stretch of desert with a great view of the mountains. We stood there for roughly 20 minutes or so. Then, as I was looking across the distance, something caught my eye. It seemed to be some type of animal, but it was a weird size and very white, super white. At first, I thought it was a bunny, but then decided that there was no way because it was way too large to be that. The figure was maybe the size of a large dog, bright white, and moved in a kind of unnatural way, like jerky and fast. I remember the face being weird, kind of indescribable. It gave me goosebumps as I stared at it, trying to figure out what I was seeing. I looked over to my friends and asked them if they were seeing the thing too. When I looked back, I couldn't see it anymore. Neither of my friends had seen this figure. But they shared a look and one of them did a motion like two fingers walking on his arm. The other nodded and they told me they didn't know what it was, but we should go back to our campsite. After that experience, I asked them several times what they weren't telling me. I kind of thought they were playing a joke on me, 
but I was still persistent with my questions. They told me to drop it until we made it to San Diego and promised they would explain it when we got there. A few days later, as we drove into San Diego late at night, I brought it up again. That's when I learned about the skimwalker for the first time. They told me that they've read stories that sound exactly what I saw and noted how it was weird that I would describe a figure like that when there were no animals known in that region to even look like that. And they thought it was weird that I would describe a skimwalker down to a T without ever even hearing of it before. I was absolutely freaked out, and I was glad they waited to tell me. They told me that they waited to share because they didn't want to risk anything by thinking or talking about it. I'm not sure if I saw the skimwalker that day, or maybe if my tired eyes were playing tricks on me. I'm just definitely not eager to return to that area anytime soon. So, to start off, I live in rural Idaho. Farmlands and woods for thousands of miles, it seems. Now, at this time, I was 20 years old, and I and a few friends decided to go camping. Like all great ideas, we also brought along with us guns and liquor. Most of us owning lifted trucks, we headed deep into the Pacific Northwest woods. We drove random trails for hours looking for that perfect spot, far enough from anyone and anything to avoid the law enforcement and bothering anybody else. We came upon a small cabin at some point and decided that this would be a great spot to camp. This is an old trapper's cabin left over from who knows what year. Logs were grayed and cracked. The roof had been taken over by moss of the woods and a tree decided its roots needed a new home because it was really growing into the side of this building. Regardless, this place thinking back on it was rather odd. The door was dug down about two feet so the whole cabin looked like a ten-year-old would be the builder, yet inside you could stand up easily. My friend JC called to look as me and him went inside to check out what we had found. As I wandered over, he looked at me in this kind of sickly manner. He looked nearly green. What's up, man? I asked. Bro, check this out. Have you ever seen so many dead animals? At this, I picked up my pace a little. I mean, the last thing we need to be is near a wolf den or cougars, banquet area, or something like that. What the hell? I start looking around. I, I thought... We might be standing in a mudding pit. This was no longer an option. Looking into this creek bed area to see, I guess around five deer, two elk, maybe half of a moose, and I think a few raccoons. All dead and torn apart. Guts splayed all around. The smell of something I'll never forget was rotting somewhere. It was like rotting bile mixed with the smell of feces and urine, all combined. This explains why JC looked so green. Looking around, Matt and Joe were off gathering wood for a fire, and it was getting dark rather fast. All we could do for a while was just stare at the Jackson Pollock of dead things. Bro, is that a footprint? I snapped my head to where he was pointing. It looked like a bare human footprint and a few others leading away from this place. Uh, that looks like a footprint and a bare footprint. Who the hell walks around barefooted in these type of areas? There was debris everywhere. Rocks, glass, old shards of, like, building materials. Uh, man, this is so strange. 
What do we even do? I say. This time, being where my mind was at the time, I seriously didn't know what to do. Who would be around and bare feet like we said? There should have not been anybody doing something like that here. Or better yet, I should have considered the fact that whoever this was, or whatever this was, might return to this spot. Anyway, we walk over, and, yep, we find more footprints that look just like the ones from before. Most were even close to our own foot size. Joe and Matt got back sometime around dusk. It was starting to get dark, so we got a fire started, and we backed up our trucks and all lined them up, ready to get the hell out of there if need be. As the fire burns, we begin to drink. Matt and Joe are talking about the pile, like it's some poacher's dump area. Again, the fact that we were still there is, is absolutely insane. I can't for the life of me tell you why we didn't get out of there. The forest got dark, and I mean dark. The moon was out, and it just seemed like it wouldn't touch this area. We all did only have a few drinks, not enough to get pissed drunk or anything. We didn't get super messed up, and we didn't do any hold my beer moments. JC was the first to point out that it was silent outside. Not the silence of the woods at night. I mean, it was silent. Like no sound other than us and the fire. No wind, bugs, nothing. Then, just like the scary movies, a glint of movement in the forest caught my eye. What was that? Did you guys see that? Who's that? Joe says, interrupting my sentence. We all look around and stand just outside the light of the fire. We couldn't see much, but what I saw, I could only describe as a half-naked man with this stupid grin on his face and this weird stick in his hand. Yo, dude, are uh, you okay? Joe yells, and this thing lurches forward a few steps like a walking dead type creature. What the hell? Joe tells me on the other hand just to go into the truck and get my 1911 from under the seat. I click the slide as I chamber around. James, what are you? Shut the hell up, JC, and get in your truck. We got to go now. I level my gun, taking aim at this thing. Seeing Joe to my right, he had gotten his AR-15 out of his tent. As well, he says, James, bro, we need to leave. There's two more to his left. Now, we look over, and we see that these people or these things had these antler helmets. I guess I don't really know how to explain them, nor do I care to. Matt, start my truck, Joe said. He rode there with Joe. Matt was like lightning in that moment and ran to the truck and turned it on quicker than I've ever seen anything happen. JC, you too, bro. Fire it up. He starts his truck. Now, this man twitches left, right, and like every type of position you could imagine. It was like some Matrix glitch or something. I don't really know how to explain it, and I'm very sorry if I'm not making any sense. Then, I see this thing's eyes. Or, the lack of eyes. It was... There, there was no white, just... This golden yellow glint, it was like just a source of light, not like it was eyeballs if that makes any sense. That was all we needed. I hopped in the back of JC's truck and he took off out of there. I started firing at this thing because it started chasing us. I hear the crack of the AR-15 go off and three rounds go into this guy, but he doesn't stop. He doesn't even trip. He doesn't do anything. He continues to run at us. I shoot a few shots myself, shooting a few 
45 ACP hollow point rounds. I'm not sure how many times I hit it, but I know I hit it at least once or twice. We drove around a sharp corner, and just like that, it suddenly disappeared and wasn't following us anymore. We didn't stop until we got to the main town, into much, much more lighted and populated areas. Our windows were all busted out. It looked like someone had keyed the sides of the car. The hood looked like it got stabbed by a pitchfork. I just brushed it off and tried to just assume that we had been attacked by some weird creep in the woods or something. But after listening to the show and reading stories and hearing tales around my area from natives, I believe that this was a Wendigo or a Skimwalker. Maybe that's what it was. If anything, it's definitely not something of this world. If I know one thing, there are things out there that are real and they are evil at their core. Be safe, friends, and thank you for reading my story. Much love to all in the swamp. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true encounters with skimwalker creatures sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, please be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating, as that helps us grow over there, and it's incredibly helpful. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but would still like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them and listen to them absolutely for free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. Honestly, like I say most episodes, it's just very tough for me to pick one. Usually, they're just all enthralling and interesting. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcast, maybe check out the merch store. I've got face masks, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.